All right, ladies and gents, welcome back. We are in full disclosure. I nearly forgot to record this one. <laughs> I was going through my day thinking, I feel like something's missing. I feel like I forgot to do something. I had completely forgotten that I'm now a full-time YouTuber and podcaster. So this episode, episode 30, nearly did not happen. But fear not, we are here. I'm excited. And today, guys and girls, we're going to be discussing evening routines. Because we've talked about morning routines, we've talked about sleep, but we haven't talked about the evening. And I think it's an important topic. So let's get into it. We've gone, we went pretty deep yesterday. Didn't expect to cry on YouTube. Awkward. <laughs> but we're still here and, you know, vulnerability and all that. So let's get into it. Okay, so the first and probably the most important thing to say about an evening routine, or just how you look at time, is a bit of a hack for you. Think about your next day starting the minute you finish work. So let's say, what day is it today? Wednesday. When? It's the 31st of January, by the way. Well done for everybody getting through January, eh? Touch and go for a while of you, for a few of you, I bet. But you did it. I'm proud of you. Anyway, so let's say it's a Wednesday and you finished work and it's 6 p.m. In your head, mentally, what I found to work is basically imagine that Thursday has just begun. So let's say you finish work at 6 p.m. At 6.01, it is now Thursday. Because your evening routine is going to impact your sleep and your sleep is going to impact your performance during the day of the next day. So really, we need to think back. We need to take a few steps back. It's like, okay, the goal is to perform well every day, right? Get stuff done, make more money, be happier, look good, all that stuff. How are we gonna do that, right? Well, we're gonna sleep well. Okay, how are we gonna sleep well? We're gonna have a great evening routine. So, you need to think about it in that context. Now, that might sound a little bit scary. Oh, hold on, when do I get, when do I get some time off? You don't, it's life, life ain't fair, get over it. So, I've got, one, two, three, four, seven for you. <laughs> I was gonna do that, I was gonna go seven, that's four. Anyway, I've got seven for you, we'll rattle through them. Again, like most of this stuff, guys, most of these probably won't be groundbreaking to you, but combine and compound, combine and compound, combine and compound, do it over and over and over again, and see what happens. I guarantee you, life changes for the better. Let's get into it. Okay, first things first. A lot of people like writing to-do lists. My advice would be to write your to-do list for tomorrow in the evening, not in the morning, and keep it high level. Oh, Jesus. Keep it high level. Three to five things and no more. Because any more than five, especially if it's high level and they're big things, you're not going to get it done. With the best will in the world, you're a human being, life isn't perfect, things are going to go wrong, and you've only got 16 hours which are awakened. And presumably you don't want to spend all 16 hours working, basically. Because you don't put fun things on your to-do. You don't put have fun on your to-do list. I mean, maybe you do, I don't know. But most people don't put have fun on their to-do list. Maybe you should. Maybe we should. I'm in a silly mood today, people. Anyway. Shit, they're coming. <laughs> don't know if you can hear that. Please. Jesus. Right. Number two. It's all kicking off today, isn't it? Number two. Go to bed before you have to. I'm not going to go too deep into this one because I've spoken about it on the sleep episode. But 
just reminding you, as adults, I think we like to rebel against the fact that as children we were always given bedtimes. So as adults, we're like, nah, no one can tell me when to go to bed. So you just stay up later than you should. I'm not going to set you a bedtime, right? You're an adult. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You can do that yourself. But don't self-sabotage yourself staying up later than you know you should to get the sleep quantity and quality that you need to perform well the next day. So if you know you want to get seven hours of good sleep, that means you're probably going to need to be in bed for at least seven and a half, if not eight, depending on how quickly you get off to sleep. That's, you know, it varies person to person, but at least seven and a half hours. So get into bed at least 30 minutes before that. Don't get into bed one minute before the seven hour timer starts because then you're just screwing yourself over. So that's number two. Number three, this one maybe some people is will be a novelty to them. Make sure that your alarm, whether it's a, a you know a phone or an alarm clock, is out of your reach in bed. A lot of people will tell you to sleep with your phone out of the room. I've personally never done that. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't do that. Maybe it is better for you. I don't I don't know. Um, but I still use my iPhone alarm, but I will try and have it out of reach because this forces you to get out of bed. And let's be honest, the hardest thing in the morning is the physical act of getting out of bed. So if you have to get out of bed to turn your alarm off, you're far less likely to then get back into bed, roll over and fall back to sleep. So this isn't a perfect system. There will be days where you genuinely are like, oh, screw this, I'm going back to bed. But more often than not, you'll have done the hard bit You'll be out of bed and you'll be like, oh, well, I've done that bit now. I might as well make the bed. Might as well get on with my day, right? So that's another one for you. Next up, separate work and play. And this is particularly relevant now. More of us are working from home or doing hybrid work or whatever it might be. We don't, a lot of us don't have a place to go to work. We work where we eat, where we sleep, where we fuck, where we chill, right? And what I would say on this one is, there is no like right answer here, but separate it as much as you can. So there's two things you can do. I, in an ideal world, you would work in a separate room to where you chill and definitely don't work in your bedroom like that. Unless you absolutely have to, like maybe you live in a big shared house and you know, everyone works in their room. Okay. I, I've been in that situation. I get it. But if you can definitely number one rule, don't work in the room where you sleep. You really shouldn't be using your bedroom apart from for fucking and for sleeping. Like, don't have a TV in your room. Just literally, have nothing in your room. Have a bed, have a wardrobe. That, that's it. A mirror, I don't know, a light. You probably don't even need lights in your bedroom, really. Nothing, just bare. It is your bedroom. Not your fucking personal cinema, PlayStation room, whatever, art room. No, it's not your workspace, it's your bedroom. So. No work in the bedroom, no work in, ideally, in any room except for a room that you assign to work. But another good way to do this is if you can't do this, I'm not doing this at the moment. I live in this flat, I work there, and I chill there, and that's it. I don't have the option to have a separate room to work in. So, another good way of doing this is when you have finished work, go out for a walk. It doesn't have to be long, it can even just be 10 minutes, but just that change of environment, different sounds, different smells, just getting the heart pumping, sorry, getting the heart beat up a little bit, the, heart, the blood pumping, guarantee it's going to have a profound difference, particularly when you, again, combine and compound. Do this for a few days, trust me, you'll see the difference. Plus, you get some steps in, so it's good for everybody, right? 
Um, next up, phones. Phones. Phones is a big one, right? So put your phone down at a sensible time. Ideally, at least one hour before you plan to get into bed. Not before you go to plan, before you go to sleep, before you get into bed. Easy way to do this, have timers which turn off all your notifications so that after a set amount of time, you're not getting, messages are still coming in, but you're not getting pinged. You're not getting WhatsApp, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. You're not getting notifications, news apps, emails, work emails, none of this. And this will be weird and hard for some of you at first, um, but I promise you that it can wait. You don't have the nuclear codes. You're not president of the world. Um, you're just not that important, mate. So I was like, sorry to break it to you. You'll be all right. And, and people will be all right without you for 10 hours. So yeah, notifications off, phones down at least one hour before you get into bed. Not before you go to sleep, before you get into bed. I promise you, you'll realize then how triggering your phone and notifications have been to you this whole time. Uh, and next one, I, I have um, honesty hour as always. I haven't been doing this one myself recently, uh, but reading, reading. I mean, obviously we know the benefit of reading from, a, you know, you gain knowledge. But what, what I like about reading as well is that it uh, sounds a bit weird, but like for me anyway, it's kind of boring. And that's kind of a good thing because it makes you tired. I know that sounds a bit silly and, and kind of like I almost don't want to read a good book before bed because then I'll be like reading through it. I'll just keep going and that's like counterintuitive. But like, you know, reading, it requires, a, it uses a different part of the brain. It requires a different level of focus. And it's kind of boring and you'll get 20 pages in and what you'll notice is your concentration will start to go and that's a good thing it's also not a screen you need to get away from the screens that's what we're trying to do here we're trying to turn the tvs off get away from the phones and we're actually trying to hold something that is just you know pen and well it's not pen and paper you know what i mean it's a book that's a huge one and i have to admit haven't been doing it recently but it's definitely something that i'm going to bring back in it's uh i think particularly if you struggle to get to sleep this is a fantastic one this is a really, really good one. It's certainly one I've used in the past. Last and not least, definitely not least, is your relationship with food and caffeine. The caffeine one sounds really obvious, but I actually had a conversation with a guy who's in his early 40s the other day, and he, you know, one of the biggest changes we've made to his program, because I said to him, you know, he talked about his struggles with his sleep, and I said, well, just out of interest, you kind of assume, but let me just check, when are you having your last coffee of the day? And it was like 7, 8 p.m. I was like, mate. Come on, self-sabotage 101. And it's not intentional. It's a subconscious habit. It's a routine that we're just in. But no caffeine after 2 p.m. absolute latest. If you can bring that forward to 12 p.m., you're golden. And this is to do with the half-life, the amount of time it takes to metabolize and to break down the caffeine for it to leave your bloodstream. It takes six hours for half of it to leave. It takes another six hours for then half of that half to leave and so on and so forth. So if you're having it after 2 p.m. and you're getting into bed at 10 p.m., you might think, oh, but the half-life six hours, so by 8 p.m. it's gone. No, by 8 p.m., half of it is gone. You've still got half of it in. It's then going to take another six hours for one more of those quarters to go, and so on and so forth. So you're trying to get out of this state of permanent caffeination, basically. I would also try and have one day a week, if not two, where you don't have any coffee, and you're just giving yourself a little bit of a reset there. You're going to also notice the difference when you then have coffee again, and that's ultimately the point of it, I guess. Or at least switch from caffeinated to decaffeinated on those two days. That's what we're really trying to do. We're not trying to put the coffee down, we're trying to put the caffeine down. So if you like the taste of coffee, great, have decaf. 
But if you're having, if you need coffee to get, if you need caffeine to get through every single day, seven days a week, then you've got a bigger problem. And you need to face into that. That's my advice there. Eating, I think I spoke about this on an intermittent fasting episode. Eating is a metabolic process. It requires energy. It requires calories to break food down. And because of that, it requires heat. And because of that, it requires a heart rate to go up. So when you're digesting, your heart rate goes up. Sleep requires your heart rate to go down. It is a restorative thing. It's rest, restorative. You cannot sleep well and digest food at the same time. It's a physical impossibility. So trying to finish eating as early as possible is ideal. Obviously, this is not going to be a perfect system. It's going to very much depend on you know where you are, what you're doing, with, if you're out with friends, whatever it might be, and that's fine. We don't have to nail this seven days a week. But imagine you went from doing none of these things to all of these things four days a week or even three days a week, and then you did that every single week for a month. Think about how much better you're going to feel. Think about how much you're going, to, how much more you're going to get done. How much more productive, how much better your relationships are going to be, how much more active you're going to feel, how much more energized you're going to feel, and, and all the good stuff that comes as an indirect result of those feelings and emotions. Whew. A little bit shorter and sweeter than today, guys. I hope that was useful. We went through evening routines. That's the seven things I would recommend that you look at doing. I'm sure you are already doing some of them, but ask yourself are you doing them consistently? And are you doing them together? And there might be some in there that you feel like you can add in relatively seamlessly and effortlessly, or at least you're open to trying. And that's what this is all about, guys, because all I am doing here is giving you what I know has worked for me and over 100 other clients of mine, male and female. Cool. I love you. I'll leave you. And I'll see you tomorrow when we are going to be talking about the fact that I have uploaded to YouTube every single day for one month and what I've learned. I'm looking forward to that episode. I'll see you then. Cheers.